Here's the show that loves to talk about gadgets and gizmos, from A-Logic to Yamaha. Cameras to control panels. You get what I mean. We love talking all things techie. In fact, that's the name of the show. And here is your host, Justin Dawson. Hello, hello, hello. It's Justin Dawson. It's episode 770 of the All Things Techie podcast. How's everyone doing? Welcome to Sunday, the 26th of February. If you'd like to get in contact with the program, you can do so by contacting me through the All Things Techie website, our official website. That's going to be getting a major overhaul in the not-so-distant future, listeners and viewers. Um, you can visit us at www.allthingstech.ie. Wonder how we did that with the name of the program, All Things Techie. Um, you can also tweet me directly at Justin or Dawson. And we have a show Twitter feed as well, at AV Tech Junkies. We love when you watch us on YouTube as well. Um, so you can visit us on our YouTube channel. Just search for All Things Techie, where we have just hit. I think we need a drum roll here. Uh, drum roll, party noise. Uh, we'll go with the party noise. Uh, yeah, that really didn't work. Uh, we did DJ Airhorn. 5,000 YouTube subscribers. Let's do that again. 5,000 YouTube subscribers. Thank you. I don't know what else to say. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the All Things Techie podcast recently. And we're on all the major podcasting platforms wherever you get your podcast as well. Um, If you download as well. And our figures are crazy high as well after... Uh, integrated Systems Europe, ISE 2023, that's really blown us out of proportions with the amount of people that's viewing and and listening to our show, wherever you get your podcast or if you like to watch us as well. And um, when we talk tech and audiovisual in an Irish perspective, I am your host, Justin Dawson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your support over the past couple of years. It's really grown. Gives me something to Look forward to every Sunday as I now do weekly podcasts. Now, what's coming up in the program? Well, we're going to be talking about Clearcom. Uh, that's coming up later on. Uh, we catch up on another post-ISE interview. Virgin Media, are one of our Irish broadcasting, TV broadcasting groups, got hacked during the week. The National Cyber Security Centre is investigating a cyber attack with, that stems from an unauthorized attempt to access Virgin Media systems in recent days. Virgin Media Television, one of Ireland's most popular TV broadcasters, has suffered a major hack that may cause some disruption to its usual services. While Virgin Media confirmed to media outlets that uh, it's been able to contain the matter, an investigation into the reported cyber attack is ongoing. The broadcaster said that the company has been hit by an unauthorised attempt to access our systems in recent days, and the incident will affect some of its programming on Virgin Media 3, 4, More, and the online VMTV player. Now, I noticed on the on-demand player, it's really out of date. Like, it's a couple of weeks even out of date on some of the programs and still probably catching up seems that they have contained it i remember watching uh their breakfast show that usually when i'm getting the kids ready for school listeners and uh the the normal things that they might have it 
like such as the news ticker on the bottom of their screen to tell you what the latest Irish news is and the little clock in the corner was missing. So these these random things that must have got hit on different servers, but they seem to have been able to contain it. While we complete our review process, our precautionary protocols have included temporary disconnecting of some of technologies to ensure the ongoing maximum security, the company wrote in a statement. We expect normal service to be resumed as soon as we have completed a review and verification process. Following the news of the hack, Minister for State of the Department of Communications, Usain Smith, uh, TD, confirmed that the National Cybersecurity Centre is aware of the cyber attack. An investigation is now ongoing. The matter has also been reported to the Gardaí. The broadcaster said it has a pre-planned procedures and precautions in place which are immediately activated in such instances. Virgin Media Television operates a stringent cyber protection measures and systems across all our operations, the broadcaster said, adding that some of its technologies have been temporarily disconnected until the investigation is completed to ensure maximum security. It also confirmed that the hack relates to Virgin Media Television only and does not relate to any Virgin Media Ireland operations such as broadband and mobile. Now, interesting enough, more than 200 cyber attacks with theft of personal data has been reported to Irish authorities in a year. The Data Protection Commission investigators are examining the reports in keeping with the GDPR reporting laws. There has been over 200 cyber attacks in Irish companies which private data was accessed or stolen by hackers in the past 12 months. Graham Doyle, a Deputy Data Commissioner in the DPC, said that incidents were individual breaches that were reported to the organisation in keeping with GDPR reporting laws. The confirmation of the incidents come just after a week after it was determined that personal data of staff and some students was exposed in the Munster Technology University MTU hack, uh, which we reported on our last podcast. Well, each of these reports require an investigation by the Data Protection Commissioner. Brian Hounan, as former cybersecurity advisor to Europol and current CEO of BH Consulting, said that other incidents go unreported. There are a lot of breaches that are happening that aren't really being reported as well. This is either because the organisation doesn't realise that they're legally obliged under the GDPR to report a breach, or they don't believe the breach is reportable. Uh, they are solving the problem themselves and carrying on with business, he says. And that is a huge... I say there's a lot of hacking incidents that go unreported uh, between businesses and so forth across Ireland, but it is a legal obligation. So... Uh, I was in a, a staff meeting uh, for my university and it feels like it's not just if this happens, it's they're getting to the idea of thinking when it happens because there's so many ransomware and hacks going on and seems like universities is a, is a new key one to try and get through. Of course, our one of our biggest hacks was our health service executive that got hacked um, just near the end of covid and uh, a lot of stuff leaked on the dark web as well and data breaches there but we're now thinking in a university capacity of like what is the contingency plan like monster tech university had to close for over a week to contain uh the hack and unfortunately some of the stuff got hacked on or leaked onto the dark web in a ransomware attack so it's really questionable about well, how do you contain it? What do you do? Um, how do you keep on teaching if... Uh, how do you even keep on broadcasting 
like Virgin Media Television there that uh, just was able to switch back to maybe some of the easier ways of uh, of doing tech. But also in Ireland, well, you know, we we reported tech layoffs keep on coming. Google to announce a layoff of 240 Irish staff as part of global job cuts. The announcement comes amid uncertainty with the tech industry, with many firms announcing job cuts in recent months. Google is set to cut 240 jobs in its Ireland uh, offices as part of global layoffs announced last month. Google's European headquarters are located in Dublin Docklands and has a full-time employee base of 5,500 staff. It is understood that 85 of the layoffs will be in sales, 80 jobs will go in technology and engineering, and the remaining 75 job cuts will impact support functions. Google staff were being informed of the job cuts on Wednesday morning. The company said that a consultation period with staff is set to begin from Thursday. Google has made the Department of Enterprise aware of the job cuts. In January, Google's parent company Alphabet announced plans to cut around 12,000 jobs globally you just really do hope that this is the end of um the job cuts and layoffs in in the tech area you really do um and as i said in the in episode 69 of the all things techie podcast if you are one of these people that are affected please reach out we do a, a series called under the spotlight as part of the all things techie podcast and would love to talk to professionals in the tech industry um if you are hit with these uh, job cuts or even if you're not if you want to just tell us uh, how you got involved in the tech industry we love to hear from you here's how you get in contact on twitter make sure to follow us on twitter all things techie podcast we're on at av tech junkies and we are also at justin or dawson if you want to uh, tweet me directly well also if you are listening to us please view us on youtube we not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. All Things Techie Podcast. Yes, if you search All Things Techie Podcast on YouTube, you will find uh, our episodes. And our playlist of all our episodes is available on our official website, www.allthingstech.ie. Now, I honestly thought that we were over this whole rigmarole of uh, people flying drones into Dublin airport. No, doesn't seem to be the case. Like, one of my friends in England actually sent me a message saying, uh, cut it out. And I thought he was joking. Well, he was, of course, joking. I am not the person that's flying drones into Dublin airport, listeners and viewers. I'm not. Uh, but I, I thought, well, you're a bit behind in news there because uh, that happened two weeks ago. And he's like, no, this is a brand new one. So, like, we did have a... The guards did arrest someone and um, <laughs> it's it, there's other people that are flying... Um, flying drones in into dublin airport now dublin airport like you do have a road right beside dublin airport and a security fence so whether people are just sitting in their cars and letting loose and flying drones in and you know maybe they're cheap drones but it, it's so disruptive and a lot of questions asked of like why is there no security being put on 
Dublin Airport. Well, the Irish Times, uh, one of our uh, national newspapers, said Dublin Airport drone disruption. Ryanair rejects criticism of being asleep. Uh, oh, sorry. Ryan, as in Eamon Ryan, rejects criticism of being asleep at the wheel. There's no cast iron mechanism where problem can be completely eradicated, uh, the minister says. Uh, the Green Party leader Eamon Ryan has denied accusations by Ryanair that he's asleep at the wheel when it comes to drone disruption at Dublin Airport. Flights were disrupted for half an hour at the airport on Tuesday last following a further drone activity in the area. It is the latest such incident of the small remote control aircraft being spotted in the sky surrounding the airport and disrupting aircraft schedules. In an interview uh, on radio during the week, Minister Ryan, um, Minister for Environment, Climate and Communication and Transport, spoke of his intention to meet airport operator Dublin Airport Authority on Wednesday last to discuss the disruption. He said his department is doing everything in its power to find a remedy to the situation at Dublin Airport. We are doing everything we can to include further uh, meeting at morning with Dublin Airport Authority. But I, if you listen back to some of our podcasts, uh, Mark Prendergast, who's a founder of Safe Drone Academy and a, a, a flight captain with an Air 320 and Air Lingus, said, uh, while I hear you, and this is a, a quote from his LinkedIn post, while I hear you, and something needs to be done about response required, it's extremely complicated and both technically and legally to stop drones from flying into Dublin Airport. You can't just block the 2.4 gigahertz or 5.8 gigahertz without knocking everybody else offline. It is indiscriminate response to the undesired outcomes. Aeroscope is limited to detecting DJI drones only. It can be spoofed, of course, or you can have a cheap drone and has trouble in high or f areas it is not a robust solution handheld drone gun devices are only very short range even if that worked the drones could already be inside the perimeter of the airport causing disruption most of the better counter drone systems are military systems used in military operating environments and so mostly unproven and complicated and congested commercial airport environments. In any case, there's no legislation for intercepting and taking out drones. Where does the drone crash down to? Who is responsible for that outcome? We don't have a robust legislation to charge people for flying these drones in airports when they are caught. But indeed, the response is definitely not the DAAs, as in Dublin Airport Authority, to figure out or implement. It's certainly an area for uh, the DF. However, they have been in resource neglected for so long, they don't have the capacity or the the capability or process for it. Sadly, there's no quick fix here, uh, says Mark Prendergast, founder of Safe Drone. We have had Mark on the All Things Techie podcast in the past, and uh, I think it's episode... I think it was up to four or five way back at the very beginning talking about drones and when there was a couple of these incidents a couple of years ago and they're still ongoing. But it seems like it's quite common now in the past two or three weeks for people flying drones into um, into Dublin Airport. Um, and he's getting plenty of responses and we'd love to hear your comments on this. We'll try and get Mark back on um, the podcast, all things techie podcast, to talk about this again. But it, he's pretty much put it in in one post. You can't go about jamming the two point four and five point eight megahertz frequencies uh, that civilian drones operating on, um, and 
you don't need a DJI drone, for example. You could have a cheap 50-euro drone that is causing disruption by just literally flying it over the fence into Dublin Airport. And even if you fire it down or find some way of disrupting it, it has to land somewhere, which also causes disruption. You can't leave a, a broken drone on a runway, and we only have one runway in Dublin Airport. Let us know what you think. Uh, please tweet me at Justin Orr Dawson. Um, you can also tweet the show at AV Tech Junkies as well. Um, and we're on our official website, www.allthingstech.ie. Follow on Apple Podcasts. All Things Techie Podcast. Or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the major podcast outlets. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and of course, if you like watching the program, you can watch us on YouTube as well. Uh, the All Things Techie Podcast. Would you let ChatGPT control your smart home? Uh, this proof of concept video by Josh.ai shows how AI language models uh, could finally make your smart home voice assistant, well, actually smart. Today, you can ask Alexa to turn on the lights or ha- say, hey, Siri, tell you the temperature in your bedroom. And sometimes they'll get it right. Or you can hear you have 15 devices named lights. Which one would you like to control? Or the current temperature in Kathmandu is 53 degrees. But what if your voice assistant was not only always accurate, but could also respond to nebulous comments like, I've had a rough day. What's the way to unwind with intelligent responses? For example, by lowering the shade, dimming the lights, adjusting the thermostat, and queuing up for goodies on Netflix. And this is an article from The Verge. <laughs> and when I read it at first, listeners, I was like, but do you remember the, the fun things that people did where they just took an Alexa and a Google device, a Google Home device, and got it talking to one another? Technically, you are using AI on smart devices that are talking well if they're not smart enough yeah it's an experiment by josh.ai nothing to get excited about would you use chat gpt i don't you know what even though it's just chat gpt it's like it's still an ai that's running smart devices so it will always make mistakes you know it will always tell you that when you ask it to dim the lights or turn off the lights they they ask you which one you have to be more specific. But if you go into the likes of Google Home and you can program it that if you use the words, certain words, it will actually do what it's supposed to do. So for me, that's the way I work around it. So like, even if I have it that if someone rings my video doorbell, it will actually turn on my TV, select the right source and show my stream live and also announce on my speakers at 50% volume that someone's at the doorbell or at the door front door that's that works for me why why would why would i need chat gpt anyways there, there's a story um we put it on the show notes theverge.com good experiment by josh.ai but i'm gonna not gonna get overly excited about it what else uh oh yeah here's how you review Make sure to leave a review. This makes our day and fuels future episodes. All Things Techie Podcast. 
Staff working at the European Commission have ordered uh, staff to remove the TikTok app from their phones and corporate devices. Really? Is there that many politicians that actually have TikTok on their phones? I can say it now, listeners and viewers. I have never opened up the TikTok app. Not going there. Mm, not going there. Uh, the Commission said it's implementing the measure to protect data and increase cybersecurity. TikTok, owned by the Chinese company ByteDance, has faced allegations that it harvests uses data and hands it to the Chinese government. TikTok insists that it operates no differently from other social media. EU spokeswoman Sonia Gospodinova apologies, Sonia if I pronounce her name wrong, said the Corporate Management Board of the European Commission, the EU's executive arm, had made the decision for security reasons. The measure aims to protect the Commission against cybersecurity threats and actions which may be exploited for cyber attacks against the cooperative environment of the commission she said the ban also means that european commission staff cannot use tiktok on personal devices that have official apps installed well makes sense but really do a lot of politicians people older than me i'm nearly 40 use tiktok really i don't i don't think so Now we're getting to our interview of the week, listeners, and Clearcom, a HME company, has been a trusted global provider of professional real-time communication solutions and services since 1968. They innovate market-proven technologies that link people together through wired and wireless systems. Clearcom was first to market portable wired intercom systems for live performances. Since then, their history of technology technological advancements and innovations have delivered significant improvements to the way people collaborate in a professional settings where real-time communication matters. For the markets they serve, broadcast, live performance, live events, sport, military, aerospace and government, their communication products have consistently met the demands for high-quality audio, reliability, scalability and low latency while addressing communication requirements of varying size and complexity. Uh, their reputation in the industry is not only based on their product achievements, but also on their consistent level of customer engagement and dedication to delivering the right solutions for specialized applications with the expertise expertise to make it work. Well, earlier in the week, I caught up with Ben Turnwell's regional sales manager for UK, Ireland and Israel. And he told me a bit more about Clearcom and what new tech they brought out at Integrated Systems Europe 2023. It's the All Things Techie podcast. We have a great episode. Uh, I've been doing so much reading up on Clearcom. And Ben Turnwell is the uh, UK, Ireland and Israel, not very specific, UK, Ireland and Israel sales manager for Clearcom and he was appointed earlier in the year in January uh, as regional sales manager for UK, Ireland and Israel. Ben previously worked at a leading AV systems provider Solotech, uh, Autograph Sound and Amber Sound as all of which are Clearcom partners. Ben's background primarily lies in technical theatre. I think we're going to have to find out more about his background in a minute. Ben, welcome to the programme. Hello, how are you so, yeah, look, that, what a background. You've, you've been in technical theatre. You've been. Do, I, it sounds like you have a wealth of audio experience. Uh, yeah, I do, yeah. So I've been uh, theatre, technical theatre is where I started, really graduated in, from uh, Edinburgh, 
with a degree in technical theatre. Um, I've done everything from you know, small regional theatre shows up to big West End bit shows, um, music, live touring. Uh, my background's really in the live, the live part of the market. Um, and then moved into doing a lot of sort of systems integration and installations in those venues. Well, you can you can drop some big names. Um, you've you've worked for the in uh, you've done theatre production for Queen Margaret University in London, um, and uh, it enjoys music, watching rugby, and travelling. Um, go on, name name a big gig that you have worked on. Then I, I guess you've worked in all types. Yes, yeah, so I think uh, I uh, provided all the comms, which I'll, I'll play a comm for Ed Sheeran's tours. Um, the latest tour and the previous tour, so the uh, Divide tour. Um, wow. That was where, uh, where the production team upgraded their comms system to use FreeSpeak 2 uh, wireless comms. They're running a much more complicated show. Uh, some theatre things, I you know, implemented all of the comms onto Aladdin when that was in the West End. Uh, it was involved in the comms uh, providing for Hamilton, the musical. Uh, so just, just a couple. <laughs> well, I, I, I used to do live events as well. I still do a couple of live events for, for the higher ed where, where I work. But uh, once, once, once you take a step away from live events, you get your life back again. I, I guess that's, that's what it feels like. You know, you know all that rigging and de-rigging and early starts and late finishes. I say you don't miss it. Loading a truck in a field at 4 a.m. to go on to the next gig for 8 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> so I, I say the likes of going over to ISE and talking uh, as a sales manager for the whole day for a, a week was a walk in the park for you. Absolutely. I quite like it. I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy chatting about products and projects and, you know, socializing with people, networking. Well, Clearcom have brought out a lot of new products, Ben, um, to the market at ISE. Uh, really, like I, I love looking at the case studies for Clearcom from, you know, your NATO, Austrian submarine dive. Um, you, uh, you have the, uh, like working with even uh, machine utilized Clearcom technology for expand communications with critical lunar missions like clearcom yeah. is absolutely everywhere yeah it is i mean we 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 span a whole range of various industries um yeah some pretty cool ones on there like the stuff with nasa you know a lot of marine and uh industrial communications as well which is quite fascinating um we've got a lot in motorsport as well we do stuff for MotoGP, for a couple of f1 teams uh yeah, and you know the the bread and butter to click on is live events and theatre, uh, and broadcast as well. So, uh, so Clearcom uh, Encore Party Line Intercom Systems uh, is one of the the new features that you brought out to ISE. Explain a bit more of of the. <coughs> uh, yeah, no. So uh, ISE we were showcasing Arcadia, mm -hmm. um, which is our sort of latest offering on the uh, on the. Uh, in the in the comms world, uh, which is a is a turnkey solution, um, it's the sort of intercom system that makes uh, interfacing into uh, interfacing into all sorts of industry possible uh, through a simple one U uh, managed device. Um, yeah. 
Um, it incorporates everything. We think of it kind of like a comms hub. So it's you know the same the same one. Your base station can do wired comms, digital party line, wireless comms in various frequencies, um, up to 100 belt packs. Uh, and it's it's scalable as well for users. So it's a uh, it's uh, field upgradable, scalable solution. So, do you guys like? I, I was looking at the fact that you, as as you mentioned that it uh, does multi frequencies, multi band range. You don't have to worry about like going from country to country and going, God, what ba bandwidth? What band uh, am I supposed to be on? That's not going to interfere with with other. Uh, yeah. So we we sit in. Um, uh, so we sort of sit. The wireless side of it sits in 1.9 gigahertz, uh, 2.4 gigahertz, or 5 gigs. There are some restrictions around the world on 1.9 gigs, um, places in China. Um, and uh, other than that, there is there is a solution in those areas. We can use a different antenna, the same base station, and operate the free speak edge belt packs, uh, which is the 5 gigahertz solution. Nice. Um, the, what, I, what I really love is... Um, the it's you have wireless intercom systems going on uh free speak 2 is a five channel full duplex wireless intercom solution ideal for large-scale complex designs or specialized applications requiring team members to be untethered of course when you're doing live events that is essential absolutely so that's that was one of the reasons uh that's one of the reasons a lot of the um theater shows take it um because it is it is incredibly reliable as a system um, we it, you can't be tethered with cables if you're backstage or if you're calling a show or your stage prop your uh, stage crew and you're moving set around. Um, you have to have good reliable comms and you know there's, there's an element of safety to being able to on a comms network. Everybody needs to talk to each other. If there's a show stop, you know there's the communication is vital on that. Now we we talked a moment ago about critical lunar missions and and so forth. But what is the range? Like, how far can a person be from the actual main hub? That is dependent on the environment, mainly. Um, mm. You know, 1.9 gigahertz is a, a works better in sort of more open space. Mm -hmm. uh, so we can we could get pretty far. I mean, we were covering at ISE. We covered pretty much all of the hall we were in with one antenna. Wow, and we were able to do and, and just for our listeners who weren't at ISE, they are big halls. I, I, I walked 16 and a half kilometers on the Wednesday, and it was only at three o'clock that I look at my Fitbit and go, Oh my god, I need to have a rest. Yeah, yeah, many thousands of steps, a big, big hall. So we were able to cover that. Um, five gigahertz works slightly differently, uh, it works better indoors than it does outdoors. It needs reflections to extend the range. So, you know, if you're in theatres and in you know events venues um, that aren't arenas, five gigahertz is a great, great solution to use. And two point four is you know is affected by all sorts of things, Wi-Fi related, mobile phones, um, that kind of stuff. So the range range is a bit. It's dependent on the venue, really. Yeah, <laughs> but I I love the fact that as you say, you've worked in theatre, you have work in theatre, you have stadiums. You're working with so many government agencies. Um, like I, I think that's a real claim to fame, being able to work on uh, lunar missions and stuff like that with this technology. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We use, yeah. It is uh, when critical comms is is the thing. You know, Clearcom is has got many many applications that we use. 
Now, to control it all, I guess everything has to go through this virtual desktop uh, client, the Station IC. Uh, so Station IC is, a, uh, is, is an extra feature that can be used with any of the systems we have with um, Arcadia, with the Matrix systems and with LQ. Um, so it, it basically gives the users of, of their mobile phones and applications that allows them to have a key panel to enter the comms network. So you can, uh, you know, a user maybe that doesn't necessarily need a panel in front of them all the time, somebody that's maybe not in the venue but in an office but still would like to be on the comms network, they can have it hosted on their PC and click to listen and talk on any of the keys. That is amazing. So in other words, if I'm in a, in a theater or in a stadium, I need to talk to you specifically. I can just key in yeah. your intercom number and be speaking with you directly, or I can matrix whoever I want to speak to. Is it, yeah. is it one-to-one or on a mobile phone, and you could do as many as people as you want? It becomes, it's essentially a wireless key panel. It's a, it, however the user set that key panel up, it can operate to do, you know, some of the keys can do point to points, they can talk to party lines, they can talk to a conference, uh, you can talk, you know, you can get the show relay directly into your phone, um, and it, it utilizes the, the speaker and mic on the phone as well. That is incredible. Yeah. Now, to do, you, you might have your base unit stand, you said, the one you that would, would, would sit, sit in a rack that... Yeah. that could control a, a, a venue. But if you're doing a temporary venue and bringing things in on as a roadie into a venue, would it be the same type of setup? Would you still just have one unit rack and yeah. connect it to the network? Yeah, so the, uh, if you take the Arcadia, for example, if you, you that probably sits, if you, let's say we're going into a, uh, an arena or a stadium uh, that sits in the main rack, uh, antennas all run over the network. Um, all on a point-to-point -point network, and you place those around around the stadium for coverage. Um, Free speed too. You, you know, you get the option to do a site survey with. So the you know the comms tech or whoever's looking after the comms system can go and do a site survey to work out where the antennas need to do. It's all configured over the network. Um, all configured through the uh, web browser. So there's not even any software to install on a machine. You configure it all through the CCM that's hosted inside the one U base, and yeah, it's uh, pretty simple to set up, or it can be as complex as you need as well. So it's a very scalable system. And it is it is it per is it licensed per user or is it is it? No, so it's licensed per solution. So um, Arcadia comes in several different flavors. Uh, there's a 16 port version, a 32 port version, a 48 port version, a 128 port version and you license which to the how many ports you need and you know so a port each port's a good way to think of it potentially as like a channel maybe in live sound world um so that's yeah that makes it a very scalable product it it, it, it has unlimited amounts of uses like you know when you when you talk about those ports and as you mentioned it's like multi-channeling and a mixing desk for a better word you could you could do it that way um it's an incredible amount of um yeah i actually you answered my question before <laughs> i even seen it on my sheet there um yeah the eclipse digital matrix intercom system is a highly scalable as well uh this this was another product brought out to i think the eclipse system something that clearcom have done for quite a long time it's a it's a, you know it's a part of our bread and butter product 
um, it's a very big, very scalable system. Um, Matrix, that, that side of ClearCom is all very new to me, um, having only been here three weeks. Uh, my background's mainly been with the, all the live stuff, but uh, I, you know, picking up on the Matrix stuff, all of the big, you know, the big stuff with NASA, uh, all of our critical comms use the Eclipse system. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've recently added to that with uh, uh, new panels, so the Iris X panels, uh, which are a new, new feature. Uh, uh, well, I, te I tell you something, the, the, the whole idea of like lunar missions, you know, at least at least you're in the sales end of things, you're not in the tech support end, end where you go trying to figure out whether this is working or not. It's, you know, it's, I say your tech support team must be huge. In Our tech support team is, is fantastic, yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a big team and everybody that's in tech support is, is incredibly knowledgeable. Um, our, system, our applications engineers, they know everything about all our systems. Um, we're constantly trying, you know, getting involved in very, all parts of what we do in sales, what we do in product development. They, as applications engineers, really do apply the products correctly to each each user because nobody uses, nobody really uses comms in the same way. There's not, there isn't a way you are told you have to use a comms system like this. Mm. Um, it's completely customizable to the users. Um, on an install in the theater, NASA, the, you know, the military and government stuff we do, it's all very different. Um, so we have a very, very knowledgeable, very good tech team. So how quickly did you have to like jump into the deep end, Ben? Like you, you mentioned like you joined in, in late January with Clearcom. I know you've, you've worked in, in, in partnered bodies to Clearcom, yeah. but, uh, which might have used the tech, but it, it pretty much was a baptism of fire to go over to ISE. I started on the, uh, start on the 25th of January and I went to ISE on the 30th. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Um, so yeah. It was, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, my background is I've always been the comms guy. Uh, you know, when I first started at Solodeck, I was the comms guy. When I was at Aut Autograph, I was a Clearcom guy. And the sound, I got heavily involved in Clearcom as well. So uh, it, I knew enough, but it was a bit of a baptism of fire, absolutely. <laughs> and as I mentioned, a very, very specific um, job title where you have Ireland, England, and Israel. How did they throw Israel in there? That is an odd one, yes. Um, that is, as they were, because there's been some changes at Clearcom recently, um, they, they've re reassigned the territories and the area managers for those. Um, so I, I, I picked up Israel in that. Um, I shall work out, work <laughs> out why soon, but quite looking forward to going over there and seeing, you know, seeing a whole load of different projects in, uh, in, in that part of the world and see how those guys do things as well. Now, I know it's sort of bringing, no pun intended, back down to earth. That was a terrible pun. Uh, from talking about lunar missions to Ireland, England and Israel. What, 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 what is your main case studies then in, in, in Ireland and England with Clearcom? Uh, sorry, what's that? What, what, what's been your main uh, case studies in Ireland and England? Like what, what, what have you been mainly working on with, with some partners and customers? Uh, so you know, there's a few sort of large, uh, sort of large live event stuff to come out soon uh, that mm -hmm. we're still working on partners with. Um, you know, Ed, the Ed Sheeran tour that's happened again. Yes, of course. Um, he's still still a ClearCom user. Uh, he's over in 
um, down in Australia. I, do, I, I did. I did read that a lot of your ClearCom equipment was used. It's used in VAR scenarios as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot used in VAR. It adds another another string to the bow. Yeah. Uh, if only we could, you know, as football fans, if only we could hack into that matrix and be able to listen <laughs> in to, to, to us. Like you mentioned, you're a big rugby fan. At least at least with rugby, you're able to like hear what the ref is saying back. Uh, if you if you tune in and it's even in, in our Irish stadiums where, where they're doing the Six Nations, you can tune your radio in and listen to the referee if you wanted to for the 90 minutes. But sometimes with football, you just go. God, why are they taking so long? To, to, you know, or can they not display this on on the screen in in stadium to find out what what's going on? Like Sky Sports know before like the the people in the stadium know. Absolutely, I think that's all down to the to, the, uh, to FIFA, isn't it? And their uh, rules and regulations. Yeah. Now, a lot of new features come out at ISE. Is there some secret surprises for Infocom? Uh. Uh, secret surprises, maybe not. Nothing, uh, nothing that we can we can we're going to shout about just yet. So, but but a couple of new things on the pipeline. So there, there's... there's all these products are always constantly we're constantly trying to keep our products new, keep all the feature set current. Um, so things 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 will be announced soon as as and when the the team bring them in. And uh, so, I, I guess answer I... saying no, I'm not telling you. Okay, right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to get in touch with uh, uh, Bubble Agency and uh, sign some NDAs uh, with Clearcom as well, and and find out what's what's coming out soon. Because I have to say, exciting. I I I'm very impressed, not just by your case studies, but the whole idea of being able to to key it in by mobile phone. I think is a yeah. great feature. It's a that huge... uses that you can use your cellular network for that as well. So if you are, you can be anywhere so long as you can get the. You know, you can join the VLAN, you can join onto the same network as the common system in whatever country you're, you're needing to be in. You can, you can monitor and you can be as part of that comms network. Now, if, if more people want to find out about ClearCom, where would where'd they go or how do they get in contact with you, Ben? Well, the website's a great, a great start, clearcom.com. Um, you know, wherever you are in the world, all of our contacts are on there. I was here in the UK and, you know, I'm on... People can find me on LinkedIn. Quite and nice. and what what what's your next event then? That sorry, what's your next trade show event? I guess it is Infocom. The next for. trade show event. Oh, I think it's a media production show in London in May. Oh yes, yeah, of course, yeah. And then, uh, of course, being a, a, a predominantly broadcast ends of things. I guess you go over to NAB and yeah, NAB yeah. that is in April. Yeah, they'll will be over there. Uh, Infocom later in the year, and then IBC in September, and a couple of couple of the theatre shows as well. So. Wow! So, forget forget the fact that you left the live events industry. You're still travelling just as much. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love travelling. So. It's all good. Well, listeners and viewers, that's all I have time for for episode seventy of the All Things Techie podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching us on YouTube where we hit 5,000 subscribers. Tell your friends to download, subscribe, share, and uh, keep listening, keep commenting, and we'll see you next week for another episode of All Things Techie.
Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Techie Podcast, part of the Extreme Media Network. Follow us on Twitter at AV Tech Junkies. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch our show on YouTube by visiting youtube.com forward slash at Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. Previous episodes of our show can be found on our official site, www.allthingstech.ie. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. Thank you.